Please listen carefully. And now, live from the attic that smells like a basement in McKinney, Texas, it's the Assuming Positions Podcast, featuring four left feet performing a tango of trivia, Kevin and Mikey. Hey everybody, welcome to the Assuming Positions Podcast. Kevin over here. And Mikey over here. And today on the podcast, we are doing another assumption. Yes! And it's another assumption roundtable, because Not Scott is sitting at the table with us. Good to be with you. Hey, Not Scott. We got him out of the booth so he could come over here and talk about our assumption, which he has to. He's got a Star Wars tattoo, <laughs> so if we're doing a Star Wars thing, he's going to come to the table. And we're talking about the newest Disney Plus series, Andor. Andor. Andor, yes. Cassian Andor. Before we start, let's do the thing where we usually do, where we go around and say, what was your anticipation level for this? Hopes and dreams, fears and <laughs> nightmares, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Expectations yeah. and letdowns. No, yeah. we'll get to the letdowns later. But. So, Mikey, what would what, you... I want to make the guest go first. Oh, is well, he the guest? He's not. A, is not he? really. No, <laughs> not really. But I will happily go first. Act um, like you've been here. I was never that big of a fan of Diego Luna mm-hmm. before this TV show. Yeah, he was not my favorite part of Rogue One, and Rogue One is in my top one or two movies of the Disney era. Okay, I love that movie, and and I thought he was he didn't really develop in that movie, and mm-hmm. I thought this really. I love the fact it took 12 whole episodes, and when I first heard it was going to be 12 episodes, you were like, oh, wow, okay, so much for getting in and getting out. And Isn't that weird that that's a thing now? 12 episodes is long. 12 episodes was very long, <laughs> but I thought it was exactly how long it needed to be. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love that some episodes are only 35 minutes long. Some episodes were much longer. Some episodes were an hour or even an hour plus. And this was, they brought back the weekly release model for this one. Mm-hmm. This is another right. one. Is that how you watched it from like air date to air date? So true confessions. Uh, <laughs> we are in a taxi. And, I, and I, I don't <laughs> think I'm unique in this in that, yeah, I, I watched like the first three as they were coming out and I was kind of like, okay, he's murdered people and now he's running away. Okay. And then I kind of got away from it and I didn't come back to it till episode 10 or 11. Yes. And then, like, I was there when 12 came out. Gotcha. Okay. But I kind of took some, and then I kind of binged it <laughs> um, and, and watched them all kind of quickly. Okay. What so. were your, what, Mikey, what, where were you coming from initially? Were you like, yay? Were you like, I, I believe I put Rogue One over Solo when we were doing our, mm-hmm. r- our rankings of the, like Scotty said, the Disney Star Wars. Yeah. So I'm I'm a big Rogue One fan. That does include Diego Luna. Uh, I am a big Diego Luna fan. I first saw him in the old Spanish movie Itu Mama Tambien, and I've oh. loved him ever since. Then. Wait, he's in that? Uh, he's one of the, the the two boys. He's one of the two boys in that. Yeah. Oh, I had no idea. I believe that's his first movie. So he's been. I in the saw movie. that. I've heard of that movie? I saw that in the Angelica Film Center. Because where else would you see that movie? Total art house movie. Yeah. So it makes mm-hmm. sense that it's not a blip. But that's where I first saw him. So I've been a fan for a long time, and he delivers on this, but I was the opposite. I have Star Wars Marvel burnout to mm-hmm. a little bit of a degree. Still love it, still a fan of it, but I've taken a break and sort of gotten back into books and watching non-Marvel Star Wars stuff, 
just to sort of get you know, clear take, the palate. Yeah, clear the palate. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It's like that pickled ginger that comes through your sushi. Exactly. Or smelling coffee beans between your like taste testing you're supposed to do. Oh, yeah. So I had anticipation for Andor, but did not dive into it. Mm-hmm. Just because Star Wars in general, I was like, uh, not feeling it right yeah. now. By the time I got to it, all of it was out. And I binged it, and I think it works better that way. Again, I'm biased. As a 12-hour movie? Kind of. <laughs> and again, and I'm biased because I didn't do it the release day way. Yeah. But I trying to keep that in mind, I kind of like binging it. But mm-hmm. having gotten into it when I didn't really have much excitement for it, uh, yeah. It was, I, it I would definitely agree. It, it benefits from binging okay. um, and getting to it. Kevin, yourself, how did you, uh, what biases did you bring to Andor? Uh, from the outset, positivity, positivity, Star Wars is ice cream. <laughs> That's it. Um, but just let me say the... The past couple of flavors, I was getting kind of like, I'm not liking what you're doing over there, Ben and Jerry, but <laughs> okay. Mandalorian came out, and I'm like, this is a pretty tasty flavor. I'm enjoying this a lot. This yep. is a pretty good flavor. And then you get some Book of Boba Fett stuff, and I'm like, yeah, this is kind of like the Mandalorian, but I, you know, you threw something in there that, eh, it's fine. It's good. I'll take it. It's good. Yep. And that then, was the one that had like two seasons of The Mandalorian in the middle yeah, of it, right? Exactly. That's what I thought. It's almost like that. It's almost like the that Ben and Jerry's that has like the core in the middle of it. Anyway, <laughs> um, I don't know why I'm on a Ben and Jerry's kick. Hey. The analogy works. <laughs> and then then Obi Wan came out, and we talked about that, and that was like I'm like I do not like this flavor you're giving me here. You've putting gummy bears Boo in there, hiss. and they're they're hard, and I don't like <laughs> hard gummy bears. And I was like, Obi Wan is not the hard gummy bear. It edition. was for me. It was not. It was for me. I Some people that was the like you give. hard gummy bears. I don't. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> um, this was coming out, and I'm like, okay, Rogue One was good. It was like Scott was saying, this character's there. Did I want to know more about him? I don't know. I got you. So I kind of went into this being like, okay, new Star Wars thing. Let's see it. Yes. And as it went through, I was like, well. Oh, this is some good flavors here. Lots of good flavors. Okay, so you you had the kind of thing where after Rogue One, Andor didn't particularly grab you, no. but you were like, "All right, you're right. It's a Star Wars. I'm gonna I'm gonna try yeah. ice cream, no matter what kind of ice cream yeah. it is. You're serving it. And I'm gonna try it." And yeah, uh, so I, we had the kind of the same thing. Same of, thing. Yeah, I wasn't super excited about it, but could not have been more wrong. <laughs> right as as we got into it, that was one of my favorite parts. And maybe I'm just late to the party. Here, okay. uh, Diego Luna's a delight. He's he's fantastic uh, yeah. to watch. You are late to that party, but we're glad to have you. I'm glad you showed up. <laughs> late to the Diego Luna party, but I'm here. I'm here, Diego Luna. Uh, I love love your flavor of Star Wars. He is captivating. It's actually, Tony Gilchrist flavor of Star Wars, right? That's right. What else do we know him from? Rogue One. <laughs> like, okay, Rogue One. We also excuse me. We yes. also know him from being the guy that. Star Wars doesn't really like to put forward, in my opinion, or Lucasfilm. Because he's not like a big Star Wars guy. Is he, he has literally said in interviews, I never really liked Star Wars that much. Yeah, okay, that was the guy I was <laughs> and, trying to, and, trying to and remember he literally, which one. He was brought into Rogue One to fix it. Rogue One was having problems. Uh-huh. They brought him in to like fix it, and he was like, okay, what? I'll fix it. Then I guess what happened? What happened on this one? He wasn't initially really involved in this. They sent him really. Uh, they sent him the treatment for it. Okay. He basically rewrote the entire treatment and sent it back to them as like, yeah, I like some of this stuff, but it would be better if it's like this. And then they were literally like, 
would you be willing to do this? Because this is better than what <laughs> no we sent No kidding. You. I hadn't heard that. And then he probably was like, I don't know. And then they probably backed up the Disney Brinks truck, which they have. Beep, beep, right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I think it's good when non-Star Wars people, non-true believers, not people like us, get a chance to create some of this stuff in this world to bring that fresh perspective to it. I think when it works, it can work really well. But you also run the risk of like they don't know the property, so there is that like potential. But of good storytelling is good storytelling, right? And and uh, uh, there's a couple of things that were <clears throat> that he did say about it, and the people involved said about it. Okay, they treated this as show first, Star Wars second. Oh, okay. And Luke Hall, the production designer, said he was told to treat this like a period piece, in that the period is Star Wars, but the story is just a story. Yeah. And I guess that's how they usually do period pieces. It's like, this is the story of whatever, but it's 1882. Yeah. But it's a slice of time. So you have to put the settings like that. You have to have things that were like around in 1882. So that was the the production designers marching orders were, this is the world. So make it look like this world. And as such, that's what they did. So it ends up pulling things from star Wars because he had to go look and see like, okay, this has a Senator in it. What does the Senate chamber look like in Star Wars? There you go. Just like you'd have to be like, what did the Senate chamber look like in the United States in 1860, whatever, when the Civil War was happening? And yeah. you're doing a period, the Lincoln yeah. thing. Yeah. So right. you're going to have to build that set out. So that's what they did. And there wasn't any like, oh, let's do fan service and let's show the ETs and or whatever. They, 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 were, they weren't even thinking of fan service. They were just thinking of telling a story. What does the Senate chamber look like? And yep. that's what we got. And the prequel fans, it ended up being fan service for the prequel fans yeah. just by being in there. Did, did any of y'all think about that Yoda fight so. with Palpatine? Did y'all think about that when, when you saw that room show up in Andor? Oh, yeah. No, I, I, I only knew like the actual like with the floating seats room. Yeah. Right, the floating yeah. seats. But yeah. they have like their Yoda and Palpatine have their big showdown. They have showdown. their big fight there in Revenge of the Sith. I thought it was. Oh, that's right. So, yeah. I thought it was in like the hallway, like a red looking room. It started right. there. Okay. And they're they're throwing the the pods at each yeah. other. Oh, that is right. Yeah. I was impressed by the like like overall general theme. Like this is a darker show. This is a slower story. Absolutely. But, uh, it's very beautiful. Um, Cinematography is like, great. Yeah. Yeah, but, but like Kevin is saying, because they were, I guess, because they were pulling from all these different sources. This is the most sort of at least background visual diverse show we've gotten in a while. Mm-hmm. Because I know people on the internet have complained, Mando's awesome, so I, I don't really hear this complaint, but yeah. I, it's, I'm aware that it's out there that it's like, oh, are we going to hang out in the desert some more? Right, right. Lo- locations, it's either like the desert or it's it's white or, yeah. Yeah, they didn't use the volume for this show. That makes sense. They that shows. They built, I think they were more practical, weren't they? Oh, they built that town, the uh, Ferrix. Mm-hmm. Um, that is a complete town that was built. Awesome. Full streets and alleys. And I think even Adria Rona said she got lost once. It's so big. <laughs> that's, that's Bix, right? Yeah. Okay. And I would say there was a startling lack of CG in this show. Mm-hmm. And as we've talked about numerous occasions, always a fan of keeping it more practical. I, the, um, yeah. And I, I think it was to its benefit. I like that we keep going back to this was a story, yep. not a big fight scene spectacular. Mm-hmm. I don't really remember any real kick-ass fight scenes in it. Well, I mean, yeah, there's a there's, few the, the making their exit out mm-hmm. uh, during the heist mm-hmm. episodes. Anyway, 
No, but that's it. That's the story we're dealing with. There's way too much to cover in these 12 episodes that is almost right. 12 hours of media. But I'm glad to hear that they did story first because you can kind of tell because there's almost like four complete acts in here mm-hmm. and all of them are sort of separate and awesome but also work really well together. Right. Like we start off with Cassian is trying to get out of Dodge. And eventually right. that builds up to he has to pull a job with a heist crew. Pull a job with a heist. That transitions into he's in prison and has to pull another job with a prison crew. Mm-hmm. And now and, it's a prison movie. And then the resolution after that. But, man, the, I guess people are saying this is slow. I binged it, so that's where my marker is off. I would love that the show took its time. And it really let characters breathe. Mm-hmm. And we didn't get you know, a new character every 20 minutes. And we got time to see uh, several situations with all of these characters. And, and we've complained about this before. It moves so fast that it you don't let things breathe. I think because yeah, yeah. of the 12 episodes, we did have time to really create some empathy with Andor and his situation. And how I still can't get past the fact I said it earlier. I mean, he's a murderer. Yeah, he absolutely. I think there's three absolute cold-blooded murders. Oh, yeah. The, well, the first two guys, and then he shoots um, it's, Skeev or whatever his name it is. It starts off with this how the whole thing starts. With two murders. With Well, one of them's an accidental murder. That's what I would say. Um, okay, accidental, not cold-blooded, but yeah. the, the second one well, right, yeah, right because, behind that. You know, no witnesses, I guess, is yeah. how Andor rolls. <laughs> no witnesses. Mm-hmm. That was a moment for me that actually got me hooked right in the first episode. Like, okay, it's a setup, like, it's a situation gone bad, absolutely. We're sort of in a gray area, which I think you're hinting at. That little beat of him accidentally killing him, they do a cut of his face, and you can see, oh, this is the first, like, they never say it, but it's like, oh, this is his first kill, and he's processing it right now, and he feels terrible about it. And then immediately, once the situation changes and he gets a little bit more perspective, he's like, oh, this is how it is now, and the second kill isn't intentional, not with malice, but, like, to get the job done. There's motivation for it that we learn later. He's one of those, I'm not going back to jail type guys yep. because he had been in jail and was sent to the mud planet from solo mm-hmm. to like as a conscript basically when he was a younger teenager at that very battle that happened in solo <laughs> yeah. Uh, so it, yeah i did i didn't pick that up the first time i watched yeah it. i and i think that was what it was these are the authorities he accidentally killed one of the authorities he's gonna get arrested he doesn't want to go through that again yep so he resorted to a horrible thing Right thing, but that's kind of the motivation for him to kind of go to where he goes because he's done something so bad. Yep. To my point, I want to go back to your point about anyone who said this is slow. Yes. If this is slow, then Breaking Bad is slow. Fair. Then The Sopranos is slow. I see that. Uh, The Wire is slow. Can I throw in some more like critically acclaimed shows? House of Cards is slow. I think the people the old format twenty two seasons. I think. People who are saying this is slow have gotten too comfortable with a bad way of TV making. Maybe apparently. or just or yeah, I, I, it's just I don't want to disparage anybody, but this is a really high level storytelling in my opinion. And just it Absolutely. is it is like a period piece. It's a high level storytelling with a Star Wars skin on it. Yeah, I'd agree with that. Absolutely. Because this has a lot of the th- the threads of those shows I mentioned has all the politics stuff of House of Cards without being boring like it was in the prequels. I got you. It has like all the criminal stuff of Breaking Bad. Oh, yeah. Without being weird like Book of Boba Fett was. <laughs> just Everything seems very rooted in 
believable, real story. Yes. It's very grounded. I read yeah, that a it's lot. Grounded. It's a very grounded show right. in general. And Star Wars, from the outset, originally, and even in the prequels, George Lucas's vision, it was political. Oh, for sure. Yep. Absolutely. It was always political. And it is again in this. This is a very political show. It, like I said, very much remind me of like a House of Cards, Game of Thrones mm-hmm. even. Just the machinations. Oh, yeah. The plots and intrigue yes. and the... Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. The reason I think it works here and not in the prequels, the prequels is like we got to see all these small players and then the like after effects would play out on a large scale, which was a, a little bit of a disconnect for me. This because we are essentially along the ride with Cassian and it's sort of down and dirty and on such a personal one-on-one level. We get to see the immediate effects of all the political things that are yep. happening. And not just from Cassian, like from everybody. Like right. they talk about the prices of things and they talk about like, oh, can't do this now anymore because this just changed. Yeah. It's cool. Two things I wanted to, uh, kind of on subject here, what kind of sets Cassian apart from most every other flavor of ice cream that I think we've got so far. <laughs> Number one, no Jedi. No. Is there another movie property that tells its story without Force users? Rogue One. And Solo, I think. No, so, but Rogue One isn't Vader in Rogue One. No, he has that. Yeah, Vader's in, in Rogue One. But, okay, well, Darth then. Maul makes his one appearance. You're right. So never. There mind. was absolutely no oh, Jedi. True. The other thing, have we ever seen? Also from Episode One, BBY Five. There was a, a title, like a, a placard card. Oh, for time, no. That it set the time, BBY. Yeah, that's before, before the Battle of Yavin. Yeah. So we were we. It gave us a timestamp right in that first episode. Have we ever had? That nomenclature, because that's that's like a Star Wars nerddom thing that you can say BBY and ABY. Yeah. You know, as your oh, is this that's the the Battle of oh, Yavin is the delineation s- point. Have we ever of, seen it? In, I don't know. Have we ever seen it visually? I know the books uh, talk about yeah, it. Yeah, I know. That's why. I but have I we ever seen it visually? I don't know. The way we did at the beginning of Episode One. I don't know. Well, I wish I could say either way, because yeah. like you said, it is such that. a nomenclature for people who read the books and uh, right? read the comics and everything. That it didn't bump me at all. I'm just like, okay. Yeah, it totally rolled with it as well. Yeah. And it, it wasn't until the rewatch where I was like, has that ever happened before? Mm, I don't know. I think this is, well, we're also dealing with the show that's talking about like a very specific time window. Like we know where Rogue One takes it and we know what happens immediately sure. before all this. So I think well, that's just to This is the clarify, span of a like, year, I think, isn't yeah. it? So we got four more years until mm. Rogue One, right? Did y'all notice the opening theme, the song got longer and more intricate? I didn't notice every it, episode. I, I noticed it got longer. I didn't notice the intricateness of it. Yeah, so it gets it gets longer every every episode. The, again, the other thing that makes this so different is it's pure standalone. Mm-hmm. The only thing it ties back to be Rogue One, mm-hmm. and I love that this entirely new. We got twelve full episodes. New characters got time to get to know them, to understand them, and to really empathize with them. I thought it was a really great departure from. Some of the things we've been getting, and I think it was one of the things that made me really enjoy the show the most. Oh, for sure. There are so many characters in here. Holy crap. There are. I mean, the the cast is wonderful, really. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so many of them. They're great. And no cameos. Am I, am I right? Well, I mean, technically. I mean, Forrest Whitaker's in there. Forrest Whitaker. I guess right. you'd call that a cameo because yeah. he's only there for Sog- like two minutes. And Sagar- being Sagarera. Mm. Um, it's, it's, boys! Yeah. Deception! 
I've been working on my saw. I love it. It's, that's wonderful. You should keep working on it. Yeah, I think that's the only familiar name we have as Star Wars audience. Well, Mon Mothma. True. Mon Mothma. Yeah. yeah. But this is her first live action appearance. No. Well, she was in Rogue One. And it was the same actress. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Okay. And she was also cut out of the prequels. That's right. Okay. So deleted scene of the prequels. And By sa- the way, same actress again. Mon Mothma's story arc. Oh. Ah, oh, tragic. I know. Oh, my God. And now you go back and you watch Minnie Bothins die to bring us his name. You're like, oh, I'm so, so bad for you. You sold your daughter. Yeah, I, yeah. Let's, oh, sorry. Let's, let's talk about no. Let's t- let's talk about Mon Mothma's arc and Genevieve O'Reilly and how this is where it is very House of Cards, very Game yes. of Thrones. This is man. This is prequels done right, in my opinion. This yeah. is what George Lucas was going for. I think. Okay, maybe with the Senate stuff, and he just didn't have anyone around him to help him herd that direction. Yeah, I think it just proves that the idea wasn't bad to have Senate intrigue and all that stuff because that's all in here Mm -hmm. just gotta do it right and it's engaging it's exciting even though it's just this lady walking around talking to people yep but i mean it's there's intrigue there's plots and she she brings in her best friend take homa yeah take Uh, oh yeah the the childhood friend now ben miles my wife just went through watching the crown he's in the crown Mm -hmm. and and if you've seen him if you recognize his face, you should. He's been a character actor in England forever. Uh-huh. And there's so many British things that he just pops up in. <laughs> he, he's like a war- tremendous actor and plays a minor character in here. And that that's kind of the story of this show for me is that even the the minor characters, they found wonderful actors to play them. Sure. Oh, and it showed like not only the political senatorness of her whole arc, but they, it's also like a different class of Star Wars. Like we get to see a little bit more of that divide because they're all polite and fancy and elitist toward, yeah. with each other and towards right. each other. There's always a, a a charity event or a shindig right. where we'll meet at the next, uh, you know, cotillion type right. thing. Yes. Social life on Coruscant, right? But then the, then the language gets all coded and they're like, oh... I'd like an invitation for my son. It's like, oh, you, oh, you'd like him to stop by, would you? Yeah. Because my daughter will be around, and it's all like, yeah, they, they're saying what they mean, but in polite, socialite way, yeah, right, no, right, right. And and she's got this, <laughs> she's got this like husband who's just like like a male gold oh, digger, I guess. That's what it comes across as, right? Wife. What a male but trophy it's, wife. But it's an arranged marriage. It had to be arranged, and it's yeah. That's what her boy. That seems like that is the definition of a cold marriage, right there. Oh yeah, I know. I know. I mean, and parenting. The, neither one of them are on the same page I, with anything. Not on the same page. The daughter plays them against each other constantly. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And then she like totally uses him to cover up the money moving around. Yes. Wow. She and like threw him under a bus when she goes. May I have privacy, please? I was like, oh, come on, Mon. She, you're not going to have privacy because that dude in the front seat. Yeah, he's, he's in the ISB. Absolutely. Yeah. The character knew that she's being listened to yeah. and used that to her advantage. I know. Smart strategy. You and know poor, you have a leak. But Use poor it. parent, though. I mean, he's just getting attacked. <laughs> Did anyone feel sorry for That's the only time in the show I feel sorry for parent. Really? Yeah, I guess. He was not a real. In- they they seem to kind of make him like he's kind of a. Kind of a joke. putz. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> He seems like he gets to hang out with Lando in those rooms and those parties. So Absolutely. I'm not gonna feel too bad for him. Absolutely. It's funny that they give him like kind of like a Star Wars man bun. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah, he's got like a little top knot. 
But the, yeah, the that, formal clothes that also coincidentally happen to be robes that he can just lounge around I in. I mean, <laughs> the dude might have really tried to been make a change and not gamble as much. And next thing you know, he's the lie to cover up financing the rebellion. And and here's this is again some fan service done right because she literally says like, if you're going to do that, go to Canto Bite or something like that, and blah 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 right. blah, and just throws it in there as in like you worry about the people who don't know Star Wars not being able to do it. Yeah. He, who the heck knows what it was written as. He might have put like Star Wars Vegas, you know, and then some. Then someone was like, oh, that's Canto Bite. Right. You know, put that in there. Yep. And that's the funny thing is, like I said, this is, that's a political drama with a Star Wars skin on it. You could see that conversation Absolutely. happening in a U.S. senator and her no good husband. And the, there's a guy in the front yeah. who's her driver who's actually working for the CIA right. or something like that. Absolutely. You it's know? a Star Wars skin. Yeah. On a, yep. and, and they're not going to take the time to do the dumb move of like, why don't you go to Canto? What is it called? Sorry. Canto Bite. Canto Bite. Canto Bite. It's like, why don't you go to Canto Bite? You know that place that has all those casinos and where yeah. you spend all your money like you usually yeah. do? No, they didn't say that. They just, they just it's a it throwaway. Well, my, my other real kind of thesis statement for why I like Andor, it's relevant now because... Mon Mothma's a good person, mm-hmm. but she's doing bad things mm. for good reasons. True. Yeah. There is this real moral ambiguity that virtually every character in this show has. And I, I love the morally ambiguous hero or anti-hero or whatever, but all of these people are doing bad things. That's true. Some of them are bad people. Some of them are good people. Mm-hmm. And... Some of them are doing it for good reasons, and some are doing batteries, bad things for good reasons, and good things for bad reasons. And I love how this show played with the gray area of a rebellion. Mm-hmm. And you have to marry your daughter to a mobster yeah. so that you can pay for Luke's X-Wing that he can fly down. So you don't fly get down and, found and out about your step. secret payment for that X-Wing yeah. to exactly. blow up the people exactly. that are and paying I, your... I love that it really played... In that whole ambiguity, gray area is this moral because Star Wars is generally very black and white yeah. in its morality. This show did not have that at all. Yeah. Well, and I loved it. Again, it's more like a traditional story of right. really ambiguous gray area characters. Because yeah, rebellions can't, you know. They, and I love that they're acknowledging right. that. Right. It's, I love they they taking it even further. It's Star Wars Noir. I love it. Because so, that's all noir is as a genre as a genre is gray characters. And morally ambiguous right. decisions and things working out and things not working out. And wrench in the works, which happens here. But that's the reason everybody keeps saying Blade Runner. I thought Blade Runner when I was watching this. Oh, interesting. A little yeah. bit. And it's because it taps into that noir aspect of sci-fi, which is a good vehicle for that sort of... Everybody knows politics. Everybody knows trying to get the bills paid or trying mm-hmm. to cover up some a mistake you made, you know, and having to get people you know that trust you to be like, hey, help me out, you know? That's a universal theme, but when you get it, you can still put it in space and characters don't act the way you think they will. Ooh, sweetness. So can we talk about, so we're with Mon Mothma. We're in the Coruscant part, the top part of Coruscant, Mm -hmm. the nice part of Coruscant where you can see the sky. And I want to kind of pivot to talk a little bit about how they connect everything so wonderfully without hitting you over the head with it Mm -hmm. and everything makes sense. Because initially, we have Mon Mothma going to visit Stellan Skarsgård's character, which, man, that guy. We already, Stellan Skarsgård. We, we always so knew great. that he was a good actor. Absolutely. But, I mean, he's killing it in this. So good. Killing it. 
Like he's the one that you want to have the next prequel series right. about. What's but, that guy? But here's the best part because this is this is how it has to be. Stellan Skarsgård has Marvel money. He now has Star Wars money. He's had all of his Skarsgård money from being an illustrious actor to begin with. Mm. This is absolutely him playing around. Yes, I agree. With uh, that. He's chewing the scenery up he's, like crazy. He's playing dress up. Yes. He's acting like the big boss guy with the right. secrets. He's relishing it, and you can tell. And it just, uh, he, he's wonderful. And this is Luthen. But one of the connections that I'm talking about that happens here, and you don't learn it until like way into the series, <laughs> is that Luthen is his character. One of Luthen's main agents is Mon Mothma's cousin. Yes, Vel. Yeah, and and. When that's revealed, you're like, oh, that makes sense. And that's probably why they know each other. And that you, the, it just all the connectivity. But they never hit you over the head with it. It just is. Yeah. And they're again, they're doing the show, not tell that we love so much. You got it. Is it, it just it. it just is. Mm-hmm. And I love that he has that front that is the antique dealership. And <laughs> I was so confused. I There's a lot of Easter eggs in there. Yeah. <laughs> I love Clea, and it confused me at first because the way Luthen says Clea, he like drops the K. I kept, th- yeah, I kept thought he was saying Leia. I'm like, yeah, I had the same thing. Right? Okay, I'm like, that's not Leia. And she kind of looked a little bit, yeah, like, <laughs> right. She lo- like, yeah, she has a little bit of Carrie Fisher in her with the Star Wars hairdo. That yeah, Leia probably would have worn in her younger days. Yeah. Anyway, I love the. There are so many Easter eggs in there. You're right. There's there's a lot of fun things. Like there's some Mandalorian armor in there. Right. There's some um, like Sith armor from a video game yep. in there. There's holocrons in yeah. there. I read on the internet that there are Sankara stones from the, from Temple Indiana Jones. Yep. And I, I was watching from the rewatch and I never saw it. So I didn't. That's the rumor I'm being told. Yeah. I saw a picture online of that. So I believe it. Also, there is a, a whip frozen in carbonite. Right. Is there really? Yeah. Yes. That's hilarious. I missed that. But yeah. then um, there's also a uh, Jedi Temple guardian mask. There's all kinds of stuff. And then there references to like Force Unleashed and some yep. other video game yep. properties in there. Did I read yeah. that? Um, actually, I believe that the pistol that Cassian has mm-hmm. is the same pistol from um, Greedo, right? No, it's supposed to be the pistol from um, Dar- oh, Death, oh, oh, Death yeah, yeah, yeah. Rendar's pistol. Yeah. Yeah, but Luthen's shop is the one of my favorite scenes. And yeah. again, I'm jumping ahead a little bit, no, but that Mon Mothma Luthen showdown where she's like, "Did you do this?" And yeah. he's like, "No, I didn't do it." And by the way, tons of great monologues, but one of those moments from from Luthen that you're just like, "Oh my god," chewing the scenery, where where he's like, "Yes, we we have to make them tighten their grip." Mm-hmm. And it made me think about the Carrie Fisher quote: yes. "The more you, you tighten, tighten your, your grip." grip. And that speech that he gave was like, yes, you, this was a poke in the eye. And she's like, people are going to suffer. He's like, yeah, I hope so. And you're like, you're so bad. <laughs> you're, you're a bad person now. You're doing good things, but it's but it's bad. And it's For the good and good. bad and confusing. Spock- but I, I love that his whole stood up to her and was like, this is what we're doing. Uh-huh. It's ugly. That's oh, so doubled, good. That gets doubled up when he makes the same speech to the. There was another conflict between Saw Gerrera, like we mentioned, mm-hmm. and Luthen. That's intense for the same oh, reason. Yeah, right. And it's uh, more great monologues, but you get a sense of like, it's the personal view of a grand rebellion, you know, right in its infancy. And it's sort of like, okay, we've lit the fuse and now there's no unlighting it. So 
either get behind it or get out. And Luthen is definitely a get behind it. And it's really cool how he enforces that in those monologues. Absolutely. You have spies everywhere, <laughs> even here. Yeah, it's him. He's, Am I he's, a spy? He's, <laughs> I like, it's him. What That's are you doing? Two, two tubes. That's two tubes. Oh, my favorite! Oh, my favorite alien in I just all of lo- Star Wars. I just love that he just goes, "Yeah, it's him." <laughs> so. and the two tubes that can't speak common yeah. or whatever it is. So he's like, "No, he's But yeah, one of the things that the, the one of the I don't know if this this isn't one of his monologues, but this is pure, like you said, is just him playing pure joys when he learns that his plan came together and he just starts yes. laughing. And yes. he, he just kind of looks up yeah. and he just laughs when he hears the, the uh. news sounder. Yeah. Yeah. But it. Hey, I have a question. Yeah. Why does he have a kyber crystal? So, oh. There is Jedi in here. Just kidding. It, 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 that's, that's, the old, that's the closest we get to smelling Jedis. But. Why does he have? And that was very little to complain about in this show. Jen Erso has a Kyber crystal too. Exactly. Yeah. Did he get it from? It's her? a different it, one. It's a different one. Yeah. Sky Kyber. I don't know. Sky Kyber. Hey, give you know I'm gonna give you this and give it back to me. That didn't make sense to me. That whole exchange well, with the Kyber crystal. And I don't know what. Because it was like a. It was maybe like, I didn't understand. Well, it was like thirty a thirty thousand dollar thing. Right. So it was his payment. Basically. Okay. It's fa- like well, why thought. did he give him advance payment? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It didn't make sense to me. Doesn't matter because it was a kind rush. Of a it was a rush application process. <laughs> uh, the reason he has it, I mean, look at his arts dealing yeah. front. That would make sense. Yeah. For the purpose of being a front, he has a whole lot of things that aren't really just throwaway front things. You know, he has all these things that a Jedi guardian mask. I mean, right. So those are high level artifacts. Yeah. And it makes sense that he has birds everywhere. So. I could see him somehow coming across a kyber crystal separate of anything related to the kyber crystal, just on its own. Yeah. But him giving it to him, it's I love this. When we first have the interaction between Luthen and Andor, and he's like, I know everything about you. I know where you live. I know what color underwear you have on now. I know what you ate for breakfast. That was yesterday. another great speech. He knows his stuff, and he's just like, I'll lay it out, because it, it's not a weakness. It's not a like a letting go in this negotiation that we're having. It's like... I have all this information. You're coming with me or this ends now. And it's like, holy crap. Having the kyber crystal just be the little cherry on top of all that. It's like, okay, I get it. To me, all it did was kind of add to the mystery of Luthen. But yet, I don't know. I don't want to bog down in that because it's not that (laughs) big a deal. What's another one of your favorite moments there, Kevin? One of my favorite things of this whole thing is getting to see into the ISB. Yes. The Imperial Security Bureau. Glad. Let's the, talk about the ISB. The, the fact that as a Star Wars nerd from way back, as knowing the, the legend stuff, and that they just literally pulled this whole like Imperial lore of this bureau mm-hmm. out of the guy, one guy in the white uniform on the Death Star. Right, right. right. They're like, who's the guy in the white uniform? What is he? You know, if this guy's a Navy guy and, this, and they're like, uh, ISB. ISB. So they made him the ISB. And not only that, he shows up in this. Yes. Wolf Yalaren. <laughs> I read that. I yeah. read that. It was the same actor. Yeah. He shows up in it with his, his mustache and is there telling him that the Emperor has just given them a whole bunch of new That's right. um, yep. powers. But this is where you get to see this. Now we're in like a a show about the CIA, the NSA, that type of thing. Yes. It has very much a CIA, right. FBI kind of feel to it. This is CSI, ISB. You know, and you get into all these inner workings and the set design, the uniforms, the everyone seems so real. The infighting they're doing with each other. I mean. Oh, yeah. When. uh 
oh, and you feel like you should air these concerns and this is the appropriate venue. Yes, I do. And in the- <laughs> And uh, yeah, just absolutely. That was such a great insight to just how the Imperial tightens its grip. Right. And I mean, Deidre Romero, come on. Right. Oh, she's a delight. Oh, you mean we can have women that are actually legitimately freaking scary. Yeah, right. Frightening and scary. Mm-hmm. And then unless uh, your name is Cyril Karin, then you're like, oh, man, I want to make. Oh, you yes. My, my wife. That is so funny. I love. So let's talk about let's talk about that. No, them. let's talk about that. Because that does go into it. So. Cyril Karn, who th- th- I, this is a thing I love too, and I was telling my kids, I'm like, oh my god, this is so awesome. This is reminding me of the books we used to read, and they got the politics stuff right. There were all these. The empire was only so big at the time, and it's growing, it's growing, it's taking over stuff. But they had collaborators in this whole like corporate sector security sure. group. They're collaborators with the empire, so they have their own police force. And Cyril's one of the guys in this police force. He's mm-hmm. a chief inspector. And he's the one who is investigating the murders of his men that Andor did. Yeah, because his boss and, was like, nah, this is business as usual. Yeah, his boss is like, if this stuff keeps happening, the Empire is going to take over. He's like, what are you talking about? There's, there's been a crime done. And he's like, yeah, no, we don't need to report not, this because gonna it's going to raise a flare and because, you know, the Empire. And, and exactly what happened. It's exactly what happened. But this guy is kind of like, good, maybe the Empire should come. But it ends up biting him in the butt <laughs> and getting him fired. And he has to go, Royally. Live, he has to go live with his mom. <laughs> Seeing that the, his mom is great, and I don't want to skip over that. Don't skip over it. That local police force, the Primor, what do they call them? Yeah. Pre, Pre-Morlana... Yeah, corporate security forces, right. primos. So the, yeah. the cops and of corpos. that, yeah, the the cops of that world. Yeah, it's funny. Like all the boss and the higher ups in that sort of sector act like Empire. Like they almost have the British accent. Yeah, but it's blue collar yeah. British. Right, absolutely. And it's such a subtle detail. That to be was like, so. Here, here's the level of this person in all of Star Wars. Because level. the thing is, too, is like for us deep nerds, if you've played like the X-wing miniature game, <laughs> yeah, it has like corporate sector like forces in yep, it and stuff. It does. And it's like, well, how come I never get to see these guys? And <laughs> like, no, now we get to see them. Here they are running around. Trying not to raise flags so the Empire comes and takes them over. Right. <laughs> Just doing the jobs. Yeah. Uh, but there are two sub-characters in here that I love, and one of them is Cyril's Jewish space mother. <laughs> Absolutely. We can talk about her. Was she space Jewish or just... Space mom. I don't know the proper Jewish phrasing. I was mom? trying to figure this out before I actually committed it to microphone, but is it Jewish space mom or space Jewish mom? I don't even think she's Jewish. Well, she just has all of the tendencies. Oh, uh, yeah, I, I think there was. How's your job? Are you sleeping? You should eat more. Why are is you it, having is cereal? It, Why are you wearing that? He's always eating like, he's always eating like space. Cocoa puffs. Space, space cocoa, cocoa puffs, puffs with? Blue milk. Blue milk. Yeah, blue that's milk right. Came back. <laughs> I have that in my notes too. We're all like, hey, blue milk. Hey, blue milk. Get showing up. It looks better when it's not coming directly out of an alien animal. <laughs> no, but it is his mom that helps him out. She goes to Uncle Harlow. He's got a promotion Harlow's. for you. Don't screw this up because this is a family favor. Oh, my gosh. Oh. But I just she made Hold me on, hold on. No, I want to hear more. <laughs> she just made me uncomfortable every time she was on, which is, I think is the point of that character. So. Right. Kudos to that lady. I mean, I don't like you, but that was the whole point. Oh, and you could just feel Cyril yeah. just like... Sink in front of her. <laughs> He's just seething underneath. I, and it's just, it's funny that he gets, this is another thing that's where it's like one of these almost procedural things where he gets pulled in yep. to the ISB 
and gets interviewed by Deidre. And of course, then he like falls in love with her. <laughs> yeah. Which is because he's this guy is this guy is like psychopathic. He's, he's mm-hmm. this guy is, has problems. His soulmate is oh, yeah. justice. <laughs> His soulmate is justice. I know. I mean, but it, it's funny because it reminds me of so many of those procedurals where, you know, he's like the beat cop. Yes. You know, and he's like, I can help you. And she's like, ah, this is below, you know, it's above your jurisdiction. Right. And you've been fired. So get out of here. Go back to your little like space corporate <laughs> job with your space tie. Yep. You know? <laughs> that doesn't sit on the neck, but does? Weird. <laughs> it's a clip on. Clip ons came back. Clip ons came back. And did he add piping to his corporate uniform? Maybe. Nerd. <laughs> no, he's, he's, he's dressing for the part of justice. <laughs> But the, the, the exchange that they have out in front of the ISB is the creepy... I'm like... Oh, the creepy cre- stalker vibe. <laughs> Absolutely. I know. Oh, my gosh. I'm like, oh, my... And Like he was about to ask her about her cosplay or something. Yeah. And, <laughs> she is like... So unnerved. Oh, absolutely. Know? That's like the only time you see her lose her cool. But they are kind of weirdly, oddly perfect. For yes. Each other, so. <laughs> yep. There absolutely. is a will, they won't they, and I'm I'm putting my two dollars on they will. No, no, that would ruin the the character of Deidre Moro. I just uh, no, I want to see that awkward. No, kiss. no, <laughs> the first fact, kiss is going to be so weird. It's going to be like uh, <laughs> I I I. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Just imagine the most this like business like yeah. too visual. Sorry, but you can picture it. You see those two people; they're gonna kiss like that. So. No, no, but because I understand why they did what they did at the end, but I was not a fan. I mean, it kind of broke her mystique, her her hardcore, cold blooded. Yeah, it gets it does get in her way a little bit as a character. I, I can see that. I I think it sets up season two. For her and Cyril to really have a legitimate reason to work together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they had to give her a reason to even respect him or right. give him a, a second. Right. So I get it. We want to yeah. keep using that character. And I'm fine because I thought that, uh, again, Cyril, his mom, uh, and like I said, a legitimately scary character. Ooh, I would not want Deidre to no. put her crosshairs on me if no. right. I looked I funny at a stormtrooper. Right. And again, she got caught up in a, in a riot. I can see how she doesn't have superpowers. Mm, yep. I know she's issued a weapon, but she's basically a cop. Yeah. Not like a mm. special forces person or anything. No, no. So, But she's in a high-stress environment. Everybody yes. always trying to backstab her. But Didn't she got some special forces people with her? Well, well everything had gone to crap. That kid threw the bomb and everything went crazy. Who's, she- that, who's that kid? Is that somebody's son? Is that the first guy they tortured son or something? Or is it just somebody that might show up in Rogue One that I forgot about? I want to say there was somebody else, but I was never able to. Like, yeah, he's got was. some significance, but I Because he's got a picture of somebody. He's got a picture of his dad. Yeah. But I don't... I, the only person I could come up with is... Was his dad the one that was tortured? Is that the picture? That's what that's I'm guessing. I think, okay. that, I think so. His name is like Pax or something, yeah, but it was the dude so. before... Yeah, 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 yeah. Right yeah. It was Bix. the guy that worked with Bix. Okay, that's who it was. That right. was my justification for it. If I'm wrong, let right. me know. right. But things do go to crap because Dedra or Cyril, anybody, nobody can find Cassian because Cassian is in prison. Yeah. What? We get we get Shawshank Redemption in our Blade Shawshank Runner? Shawshank right. Redemption right in the middle of it. One last thing on the first three episodes. Yeah. Um, there was a great parallel as the boyhood scenes on Canari. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, the flashback. And then he's getting into it's basically it's the it's the call to adventure. And he gets it as a kid when Marva takes him away to a new life mm-hmm. and he is on Luthen's ship 
and it parallels them. And he has a, as a boy getting up and looking at a spaceship like it's the first yeah, time he's ever seen a spaceship. Primitive, and there was no adults. There was no adults. It's like Lord of the Flies. It was. That's because it was a, a mining accident, yeah. quote unquote mining accident. Yeah, they had taken all. They taken all the adults. When really the Empire just killed everyone. Yeah, absolute I, genocide Lord, Lord on Cassian's people. And then he's in the ship with Luthen. And he's looking out the front window like he's never looked out the front window before. That same look the kid had right. as this is the call to adventure that he had when he was a kid. And now he's on to the next adventure, which Life eventually leads to prison. So sorry. Well, wanted, to, actually, wanted to get that part before, in there. Before we've like skipped over. We like, did skip some all, stuff. But I, all his, because this part of the cast is wonderful. All his friends back at home, the home he has to leave. That's it. Right. I mean. Brasso and. Yeah, Brasso's great. Oh, my God. Who doesn't want a buddy that would be like, yeah, you were at my place, and we fought, and yes. I punched you in the face. Yes. Unprompted. And, like, just, And you were a jerk. Yeah. That small moment is so powerful because, one, especially because we're dealing with the gray area of characters like you were talking about earlier, it lets us know that Brasso knows that Cassian is kind of a mess up every once in a while. Yeah. But he also knows beyond that Cassian is the person to get behind if, it ever, if he ever needs backup. Like that immediate almost brotherhood of doesn't matter what you did, let's figure it out. Ooh, wonderful. And yeah, just in right. that one little exchange, like five seconds. And um, his adopted mom, Marva, oh, is great. so great. And we find out that his, his adopted father, Clem, Clem, who we wondered where he was. This is another show, not tell thing. We saw them wonderful. when he was a kid. We saw them pick him well, up. Not we, wonderful. We get to see B2, you know, not all beat to not, not all beat to hell, yeah. right? And I kept going like, where the heck is that guy? Later on, we have a little flashback, and we see him get killed by clone troopers? Yeah. Clone troopers. Ugh. It all ties together. And I love that we never saw the full oppression of the Empire on display the way it is here. Yeah, we've talked about it, and yeah, we've seen it, and you know, in A New Hope, Luke's like, I don't like the Empire. Why don't you like yeah. the Empire? Yep. Here you they're, are. Yeah, Here is why the Empire's so awful. They make the Empire actually scary. Yes. Which it should be. The the only other... The Empire's not scary enough in Star Wars a lot of times. A lot of times they're kind of bumbling and and, and goofy. Yep. In Empire Strikes Back, they're scary. Yeah, agree with know? that. And in this, they're scary. A lot of other times, and I know because it's cartoons and stuff and animated things, can't, can't make them as scary. But in this, they're scary. They're oppressive. You can feel it. Ferrix feels like it's under the weight of something. Oppressed. Once, once yes. they, especially once the garrison shows up and they take over the hotel and they're going around. But the interaction with him and Bix, and I love her <laughs> so much. They made her crazy. And when they tortured her and made her crazy, I was so mad. Let's talk about the torture scene. <laughs> I thought that scene was fantastic. Fantastic. It was yes. what they didn't show us. Mm -hmm. It didn't. It was like, you know, again, I had some real empathy for that as they described this otherworldly message that we could only, my imagination, I know. which is way better than what we did to a six-year-old in Obi-Wan. Oh, I know. Just saying. The crazy Mengele guy, and he's like, he's like, especially the screams of their children. I, I isolated like, them here. Oh, it's <laughs> oh, yeah, so creepy in uh, the way they set the whole thing up. And I'm so glad they made it a silent beat. Yeah. yeah. Yes, because absolutely. the imagination is always way scarier right. than whatever... Is real in front of you. Absolutely. It's the exact same thing they did in A New Hope when the interrogator droid floats in and he just zeroes in on the needle 
And then the door slams. And they see <laughs> yeah. the, the people walking by. And the people walking by. It was the same by. shot. It was the same shot. Was it the same shot? It was the same kind of shot. Because oh, oh, yeah, same kind of shot. It's the same kind of shot. The door closes and then the stormtroopers yes. march by. It was yes. the same. It was this door the closing. Exact one the exact same kind of shot. Yeah. There you go. That's like. Homage. That's not only homage, but to me, that's like deep fan service. It's like you had to have seen A New Hope a bunch of times to notice that. To notice that, I noticed it when I, that first <laughs> happened. I was like, I was like, oh, I you were absolutely went there. I was, I was Leonardo DiCaprio. I know that guy. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Absolutely took me back to A New Hope when Princess Leia was interrogated. But but it's crazy how like everyone there's so much tragedy in here for everyone like. Bix's, Sacrifice. Bix's boyfriend is like all suspicious of Andor, and then everything goes to, and then he get and then he gets shot. shot trying to save her. Oh my gosh! You got to give him his name though, because it's the perfect jerk Star Wars Tim? name. Is it Tim? Tim with two M's. Yeah, there Tim are some who betray M's. me. Their names might be Tim. Tim. Oh, what a dumb space name to have! <laughs> I'm glad I'm glad he was a rich. Of all the space names, you got gypped. Uh, but yeah, sacrifice was definitely a recurring theme. Yeah. I mean, Mon Mothma's whole story is sacrifice. Mm -hmm. Cassian sacrifices, you know, what little home he ever had, and then he goes on this. It's all sacrifice. Mm -hmm. it's one of the real big recurring themes in it. Talk, I agree. Let's talk about the heist for a second. Let's talk about the heist. That's another one of my favorite moments in several yeah. favorite moments. They, in the they heist. use sacrifice as the hook to get us to learn the crew, which is awesome because everybody has their like, why are you here story. Yep. And everybody's is different, but. It's a quick little thing that's like, oh, I feel like I'm part of the crew yeah, now. It's and then awesome. they kill almost all of them. There, and, and it, <laughs> we got a story to get to. They did a great job of giving us a bunch of information real fast. Yeah. And then we moved on into the character interactions and didn't belabor. No. Yeah. But I, it's crazy how you're right. You learn about all these characters. You care about them. It's in a very short mm -hmm. time they make you care about them. And Mimic. Then, and, then, and then when they start bumping them off. You feel every single one of them. Absolutely. I like when Nimic died, the kid. Yeah. And I, I love got killed by Andor. Got the, killed by Andor. No, that he was, was so tragic. Crushed. He was crushed by the weight of Imperial credits. Imperial credits. That's exactly right. <laughs> but I love he had a great monologue here when he yeah. does his manifesto thing. Right. Uh I I want to just get the text of that or or just get that as a as a drop and I need to get amped up and be yeah. like and the the last line, it's like you gotta do what you gotta try, you gotta try. That's the that's the hope theme that all Star Wars that ties it back to that universal theme of Star Wars. They did that well, lots of ways, but Nimic had that hope thematic thing that every Star Wars movie has. Remember, there will be times where it seems like all is lost, but all you have to do is try. One of the things I thought was wonderful is that that they did in this is even the the most minor little villain characters. They gave them. They made them more than mustache twirly. The <laughs> the guy who runs that facility that where they're keeping all the money, the the com oh, commandant, yeah, yeah. the guy who's putting yeah. on the yeah, we know him from. He's a famous but, actor. But he's so he's like obviously just so imperial and such. So you just you can just tell he's evil and no good. But he's got his family there. Yep, and you can tell that like oh. He's actually a human. There is something he cares about. He cares about his son, mm -hmm. and he cares about his wife because he's trying to get them off that crappy planet. He's like, oh, I got put on this station, this <laughs> stupid planet. and All done. Yeah, I'll get... And his son's kind of like, well, I want to see the Eye of... What was it called? The Eye of Aldani. Eye of Aldani, yeah. <laughs> I want to see the Eye of Aldani. And, you know, and he's like, oh, okay, well, afterwards we'll get you out of here. And then next thing you know, everyone's like tied up by rebels, and they're making the they're making the guy 
like haul stuff around. <laughs> he has a heart attack because he's so fat. And yep. you're just you're like, oh my god! You actually like? I'm like, do I actually feel bad for this guy? I will say, I kind of did yeah, a little yeah. bit, yeah. a little bit. <laughs> I mean, guys, just trying to make a living, right? You know, and his family's tied up. His wife's scared to death. His son's scared to death, and now he's having a heart attack because he's never done a full day's work in his life. That's it. Good guys doing bad things for good reasons. Yeah. Bad guys doing good things for bad reasons. And yeah. this this would get me to my other real nitpicky kind of thing. What is it? If I'm an imperial officer, move this stuff. Uh, no. I'm going to sit here and not do that. Well, if those dudes weren't there, what was their plan? If those dudes were uncooperative, because they, they made a bunch of the, the Imperial officers load the thing. Yeah. What if those guys were uncooperative? What if they were like, no, I'm just going to sit here? I don't know. <laughs> cowards, I guess. Is what it it does. It speaks to their, to their yeah. cowardice. But I thought that was, what was your plan if those guys weren't there? Because it just didn't seem to. Well, I mean, they were loaded in it themselves, too. They were, they were yeah. loaded, but they wouldn't have been able to load up all of it. Yeah, that's true. They didn't even get all of it. They think. didn't get all. Well, right. And I just, they were way too compliant with their captors to be like, okay, yeah. well, you told me to, I'm going to go. That is a little bit somebody. of suspension of disbelief. A little bit. The threat was help or die. So if those are your two options, it's help. You know, it's true. But uh, I think they actually sort of tried to justify this a little bit with the scene relatively close before this where. They're talking to Andor, and they're like, okay, so the ship is going to be here. What What's the lever that we need to get it off its housing or whatever? He's like, you have no idea what you're doing, do you? Right. That was and a great like, moment. And so, yes, they have a, a job, but I think it is fly by the seat of your pants. Yeah. So. But also, he, the, it was the they had his family captured. So that then right. uh, yeah, and they true. made him order everyone to help. That's true. That's because true. it's like, help or we're going to kill your family. So he's like, you guys better help. I think that's what it was. All right. All just, right. You can go watch the latest season of Stranger Things for the reverse of that. They were just way too helpful. <laughs> I think it's because they were, because he was commanding them to, because like they're going to kill my family. Yeah. And they just listen to orders because they're Imperials. I was just following orders. Good soldiers follow orders. <laughs> uh, then little Nimit gets crushed. Yeah. And Mosk's not his boyfriend. Can't no. put him back together. And Skeen, who I love, as that a was backrack. Well, that, right. that uh, was supposed to be like, like a Maz Kanata life thing, right? So they take Nimic to a doctor. Yeah, the doctor. Yeah, huh? he was. That was what it. What remember Maz Kanata from? Yeah, Force Awakens. Yeah. That was the same same species, right? Was it? Did she have forearms? Well, I could. I could they were. They had a similar eye shape and makeup. Yeah. Oh, maybe. Mm -hmm. Am I the only one that thought that? I, I no, wasn't. I recognized him, but it just it wasn't Maz. Yeah, so. right. I knew it wasn't Maz. I'm just saying it's like Maz. So this is like I have very few nitpicks of this, but I'm not sure why Andor just caps Skeen. It's like I actually read an article about this. Diego really? Luna actually explained it. Oh, because to me it was like, hey, do you want to split some money together? You could have just been like, no, you're an idiot. I'm not doing that. <laughs> Can I guess and see if I'm right? I'm gonna go. go I'm gonna go tell Vel right now. But he was just like, blast! Hey Vel, I just shot that dude because he was trying to steal the money. <laughs> you know, it's like what? Well, there's a lot of tie-ins here. First, I do want to give a shout-out to Eben Moss Backrack, the dude that you're talking about, Skeen. Uh, he's in a show called The Bear, and he is another person that's just awesome in whatever he's in. So I will watch something that he's in just for him. Uh, and he does it great here. He's like the the protector of the heist crew, but also like the bad guy. I'm going to make sure everything goes my way. But I think it's justified in that for all the moral ambiguity gray area that we're dealing in, once Andor hears that, because he this was after 
Skeen had given them, like, my brother died because of the Empire. I'm here for altruistic reasons, for justified reasons. Uh But then later is like, nah, screw that story. I'm here for the money. You want to get paid? Let's get paid. Yeah. I think that's just sort of, he went past that line, and Andor, now having murdered people with resolve, is doing what needs to be done. Mm. But what, what did they say? So this is the moment when Diego understands the value of trust. And if you can't, if you're going to be plotting rebellions, you can't have a leak in the trust. This is the first time Andor's ever been on a team. Mm-hmm. He's always been on his, on his own. and Especially outside of his normal team, his home right. planet. That's right. And this is the first time that he realizes, if I don't trust you, I got no place for you. Ooh. And we're not, I, I can't, can't be a part of it. And when you play out, okay, what happens next? I say, yeah, okay, let's, let's split the money and run. Can you still trust that guy? No. No. Can you say, no, I'm not interested? Because then what's he going to do? Shoot you. He's going to shoot you. Yeah. So I, I, the fact that Skeen did that created an automatic, if Andor's down, he's either down or I'm going to kill him. Yep. Hmm. And then, uh, yeah, so it was all about, he learned the value of trust in a, in a rebellion. That was the, the moment of trust, and he's not going to abide people that he cannot trust. There you yeah, go. Otherwise, you're doubtful like Saul Guerrero. What? What's going on? Lies! Deceptions! Are you going to betray me? And uh, and speaking of trust, later on, he had to get Gollum and Snoke to trust him. I mean, Andy Serkis. Andy Serkis. The great Andy Serkis. My favorite character in Shows this entire up. show. Yep. Yeah, I mean... He got kangaroo corded so much. He just, he just hang. He's just hanging around. Yep. Hanging around on some, you know, resort planet, I guess. And the next thing he knows, he's in front of a kangaroo court, getting six years. Six years used to be six months. Yeah. Empires changed. Oh, but you you, you can't wait to see how a K two S O is going to redeem itself and I totally become his buddy. I thought it was going to come alive and be yeah. like, I thought that was the meeting of it, but mm. they're saving that for season. Two. They've got to be saving that for season two. But I was the same thing. I was like, oh, it's going to be nice too. Yeah, I wanted the robot to be him. like, quit resisting. You are being saved. <laughs> <laughs> now, I have to say this. Uh, the, the prison, to me, was 100%. What did George Lucas do in THX 1138? There you go. Let's. Oh, he even had the same weapons, the same sticks, right? Oh, yeah, dude. It, I was sitting there going like, oh, my God. They literally were like, what does a George Lucas prison look like? And they went, oh, we know what a oh, George yeah, we, Lucas yeah. prison well, we looks got, like. We got some reference footage. Yeah. And, and not only did we get clever torture with Bix, we got clever sort of containment. Uh-huh. Hot yep. floors. Yeah. No weapons, no like, no real lashing or anything. It's just, oh, you might get fried. Yeah. Hot My floor. wife saw that and she was like, I couldn't live without socks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, really? That's, that's what you're most afraid of in this scenario? Not having Sox. socks? Socks are important. Now, I was wondering something and then kind of convinced myself of something. I was wondering why everyone there was humans. There was no aliens there. True. And then it made me wonder if, like, there's, like, not all the species can get electrocuted through their feet. I would imagine it's a containment wing thing. That would make sense. Yeah. 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 Well, that's also and, true. Because the thing was is there's multiple of those factories there. And I was like, oh, this is that's the human factory. Yep. yep. Each and one then could be the a... other one's some kind of different alien. And that, that one has, like, poison like air gas or something. Or, yeah. Yeah, or something. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> yeah. You know? We both had the same machination. Yeah. Oh, yeah. no. Quit looking at my vent, Scotty. I didn't do anything yet. Uh, but I, that was like, I was like, oh, man, this it reminded me so much of THX-1138. Yes, I would agree with that. Yeah. Very much the same aesthetic. Yeah. I'm just happy they put a little bit of Shawshank Redemption into this story. Because, like, I guess you could have done a different story where this doesn't happen because it kind of doesn't... Cassian doesn't need to be in prison. It helps 
solidify a lot of the themes that they set up for the show. But as far as like a narrative importance, it, this could have been any sort of third transitionary act. Mm-hmm. But then you put it in a prison, and Andy Serkis, who please give him more human life roles because Kilo Loy, wasn't that his name? Kino, Kino, like the game. He does excellent mocap. He does excellent voice work. But him as a full fleshed out person is the whole package. I know, right? His commanding voice, right? That's also like mean, but instantly endearing. As soon as he starts to whisper, you're like, "Uh, will you be my uncle that beats up all my all my enemies?" Oh, I, I love it. Uh, please put Andy Serkis as a human in more things. And much like the rebel camp before the heist, we're not with those guys that long. That's it. But three episodes. When stuff starts to happen, when the old guy like gets euthanized, and you know, when they when they're struggling to build what we learn later is like the the ring to the death. We're we're gonna come uh, back yeah. to that. Come back to that. <laughs> you know, uh, it's let's wrap up with that. It's I was like, am I gonna cry right now that this old guy a little bit? You know, yeah. in Brooks slash Olaf. Yeah. Yes. So they all kind of carried his slack, and yeah. he was just kind of the the old man who couldn't yeah. keep up, and right. And you thought, oh, this is just a hard prison because the days are hard. But then it turns out, oh, the Empire is horrifically evil. Yeah. And they just imprison people forever and cycle them around. And then they all learn that. And it's just everybody played it so well and like the reactions of it. I mean, you knew a prison break had to happen because they're not going to stay in prison for the end of the season was my assumption. But But to see the justification behind getting everybody rallied up, like it's a mini rebellion inside of a rebellion. So. And, and the little, there's the, like the little subtle things they do, like, here's where you get your food from. And if we win the day, you get flavor. It's, it, <laughs> oh, it's just this like, makes it sound so awful. I know, but it's just little things like that that just add to the Star Wars lore and, and world building. Ah, I just, how oppressive. It's terrible to be right. in a, <laughs> to an imperial prison. Yeah. But they break out. There's a prison break. I can't swim. <laughs> do, okay, so does, does he die? I Is don't he? know. We only know of two people who live, and they later on they they literally say to each other, "We might be the only two people who made it." And that other guy is in Rogue One too. It's, it's convenient, but I'll let it slide. Mm-hmm. If that means I get more Andy Circus in season two, they get out of prison uh, just in time for. I guess you got to kind of have more sad notes in this. You know, it is a darker story. It is a darker tale, but. Uh, Marva, the loving mom, has passed away. She did not make it, and the the last act, sort of, that's the set piece for everything, is her funeral on Farrick. Yes. Leads to another one of my favorite moments. Go for it. He's down in the the undertunnels, Mm -hmm. and he's with with our best buddy. Yes. Brasso. Brasso. And do you remember the speech that he gave? Brasso, when he's talking about, here's what she said for me to say to you. You know, I love it. That That was the call to adventure. That was the final call to that will lead to the next the next story. And I love it was I mean, every great action movie has the call to adventure. And even to a greater degree, this was the call to be a hero. You know, it's time for you to step up and be a hero. You have all the skills. You have the knowledge. Put it together. Go be the hero. And be a good person. And be a good person. Because that that line almost shattered me when she was like, I love you more than any mistake you could ever make or anything you could ever do wrong. Right. It's like, oh, I love it. Such a great speech. Like you're saying, he's learning how to trust. He's learning how to be outside of his world. He's learning how to fix mistakes by making mistakes sometimes, but he's learning the whole Mm -hmm. time he's going through this. And to have that, the final beat come from Marva, ooh, wonderful. 
I really like how deftly they got everyone to go to the same place. Mm-hmm. But the the wonderful thing about it is even though they were all in the same place, they never did one of those cheesy everybody's in the same room. Things. Yeah, absolutely. Final, I mean, every, final showdown. Yeah, everyone was in the same place, but a lot of them didn't even see each other, even though they were all kind of after each other. Right. Yeah, they crossed paths, but only really interacted in the ways that they needed to. Yes, I, I just I thought it was really you know it all comes down to this. You know, but it wasn't one of those like Harry Potter. Here's everyone right now in the same in courtyard, the same room, in the same yeah. fight. Yeah, but, but right. we have the same number of players. There's like ten different actors that, or ten different characters that you know have goals and motivations right. in this whole thing. So, yep. How about they press you into a brick and stick you in the wall? I I, I love it. I yeah. love it. I mean, as a whole, this show has done really cool things with like traditions specific to aliens or tribes, yeah. or like when we go to a different world, it's not just different environments, same sort of tropes, same sort of beats. We're actually getting stuff like the eye and like this funeral. The funeral is cool. And, and absolutely. You know, New Orleans. So much absolutely. mythology there. Yeah, but I the think... The guy with the anvil? <laughs> oh, yeah, and the, and the center yeah. clock tower. It's not a clock tower. It's like a bell tower. It's an anvil tower. <laughs> we were right, though, when we watched the trailer, like, oh, that's probably for alert. And yes, it was the working bell for like its day-to-day use, but... The whole cacophony distract the Imperials yeah. while they're trying to work. Oh, things. right. The Love it. Love that whole mythology. You only have to start worrying when, when, it, when stops. it stops. Because it's what you don't know. It's your imagination. It's like, why is it quiet? Why is it quiet? Why is it? Tell me why it's quiet. Why'd it get quiet? Quit being quiet. Start banging again. Oh, I've been shot. Uh, but the brick thing is a little detailed, but it makes sense for Farrick because it is people of the earth that go back to the earth and build their community and are a part of their community. And that's like the ultimate visual representation of that theme. Well done. Absolutely. And when that night, uh, when Andor arrives back, he, he rubs, he touches the wall, the brick. I'm assuming that's his father. where Clem was. Yeah. Yep. It was Clem's brick. And wow. He, and he was Clem when he was in the heist team and he honored him that way. Oh, yeah, so many right. little details. Uh, but Marva gives her speech. I love this as a it, it's a eulogy. We've seen this technology before. R two D two has done little holograms yeah, yeah, of people yeah. in times of need. Uh-huh. But this right. is full scale. It almost looks like he like he right. writes his posture a little bit before he projects it because he's like, I got to do a good job. Uh-huh. By the I'm way, B two emo. We haven't given B any love. Yeah. That was. I mean that that little guy was BBA charming. But but, but, you know? but but I love you, Scotty. Why can't I c- c- come with you? He reminds me of the, those little guys from. The uh, the black hole, the little Absolutely. robots from the black hole because they collapsed like yep. that. Oh yeah, they floated yeah. and had yeah, the, yeah. and one was all banged up yeah, and yeah, beat yeah. up. Yeah, he reminded me of Wally, and both both examples oh, yeah. do the wonderful thing of using such physicality com- to convey emotions. Yep, because he says droid things like he kind of has emotion in those words, but it's all like his little headpiece will sink to the side yeah. or he'll retreat inside himself and be like, yeah, oh, 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 okay. I will ch- when the, charge some more. When the uh, when I'm charging, Andor's calling, you, calling him on day. the communicator, yeah, and he's he's, he's, he's he's trying to get smaller and smaller as the yeah. communicator inside has Andor's voice going off on it, yeah. and they're knocking on him. He's like, "We gotta go," and he's like, "No, stay in here." <laughs> on his box, <laughs> love that. But he gets guy. the projection, and I thought it was kind of cheesy because there was a moment where not cheesy, sorry. I thought it was kind of a blow off what they did to Marva because they did have to separate ways, and we got some cool little interactions between mom and son. You know, as like your life is too big for me now, my job is here. All made sense, all beautiful. But you're like, she's an old lady. What is she going to do in the rebellion? Yeah, she can spread words and be part of the sisters of Ferrix. the daughters, daughters, daughters of Ferrix. Yeah. There it is. She can be part of that. But 
then you get the sense that oh she's one of the sparks that lights this whole thing with a speech like that it's like oh she got her she got her just desserts i love it is it ironic that she was in emperor hologram head mode (laughs) do you remember every time the the emperor appears in a hologram he's like 12 feet tall snoke does the same thing I think is the it? hologram knows, depending on urgency, importance of message. <laughs> I think it's just it. a setting. You gotta, you gotta have giant emperor setting on there. <laughs> Set to party mode. Set to party. <laughs> yeah, but that's it, because we got the kid who we don't know. I'm guessing it's the tortured dad's son who throws the bomb and throws the bomb. It blows up of, more bombs. That's it. That sort of sets off the whole chain of everything. Sort of going right. Not really. I mean, it depends on which character you focus on. Right. But. Andor continues on his journey. Right. The rebellion has now officially kicked off. Luthan. That's and right. Nobody's, none of the good guys on the scheming have been discovered. Right. None well, of the bad guys that are. Well, Andor discovers Luthan. Luthan's like, I'm out of here. And Andor's like, hi, how you doing? Hi, how you doing? And that was a great, but I love that he, you never hear the answer. Right. You can either kill me or take me on. Cut to black. Love it. Yeah. Love the way that's, that's the way it ended. I would say one of the things in kind of, as you think about the series as a whole and put it together, think yes. about Cassian's life. He comes from a world that was genocide. Mm-hmm. The Empire killed the entire planet. Well, he then Kinari. goes on, except for the kids, right? He then goes on to prison to build the ultimate genocide machine. That's it. But then what do we know? He ultimately goes on and provides the keys to allow the ultimate genocide machine to be destroyed Mm. and i just when you think about his whole arc from where we first saw him from murdering two people to being oppressed and coming back and having that impact by the end of rogue one just just (laughs) such good ice cream and that that pullback to the 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 death star being made from parts that were being made in the prison right that's it that's unnecessary as well but i love that it's like oh you were making that's what ties it all together. Because did you not think that was hey, totally necessary? Doing? Yeah, I, can, I always thought, what are they doing? It what was they a building? great little payoff. A great little, oh, that's the thing he was making at the thing. No, no, it was awesome. That's what I'm saying. I agree. It was a great pullback to be like, oh, that's that's what those giant fidget spinners are for. That's right, giant yeah. fidget spinners. That's what they were. <laughs> they go in the. They hold uh, together the dish. Yeah, they go into the satellite dish of doom. Well, that seems like our pizza is here, everybody. Ding dong. And you know that means it's time for our pizza rating. Pizza rating. <laughs> Anytime we do an assumption, we do a pizza rating out of eight slices of pizza, eight being the best, one being the worst, zero being the worst, I guess. You add, add or subtract toppings, however you want to goose it up. It is the loosest system in the world. I love it. But we Oh, always... is it? Is it loose? I'm looking forward to Mikey's pizza rating. Okay, but we always uh, go with the uh, not main host, so that's... Scotty over well, there. Well, of course, For, gentlemen. What's it's, your pizza rating? It's eight slices. Uh, I loved Andor. I don't think it's any secret. I love all things Star Wars. It's eight slices. Uh, and we're going to go with my favorite, Double Pep. Oh, wow. The Double Pep. That's high. See, and that's how eight wh- slice pizza. That's why it's loose, because like a regular person would think, oh, eight yeah. slice Supreme is probably the best. But no, you if you know Scott, that's a, yep. Double Pep's the best. Double Pep him. is the best. That's Strong right. words. Strong, Strong words. words. Yeah. Mikey, what do you got? Oh, over there? hold on now, just a minute. I've I've got a moment Uh-oh. for you. Uh oh. Okay. <laughs> before you issue your pizza rating, we must be anything if not consistent on the pizza ratings. Yes. Sure. You have taken away a slice of pizza. Yes. Because you know you know how it ends. I mean, I couldn't get invested because you know I know how it ends. You know how this one ends. 
were you able to invest knowing he gets <laughs> blowed up by the Death Star <laughs> on Scarif? No. I was not able to buy in. It, ah. it still had effect. I did my best not to. I, I could have absolutely done 30 minutes on this again. Do you watch <laughs> Do you watch any history things? Like, do, do you watch, like, I, it, what it is? Do like, you watch the Saving Private Ryan and, and, and you're like, I know the Americans are going to take the beach. Why do I need to watch this? Why do I this? need to watch dudes carrying around their arms? <laughs> it's, I, I'm, I'm not phrasing it right. You guys are totally in the right. I am, I am crazy. <laughs> well, thank this. you. Thank you for acknowledging <laughs> our rightness. This is, this is me putting pineapple on a slice that I'm also removing. This is me being weird, but it, it was it was a factor. So my rating is a seven slice cheese pizza, no toppings and a slice pulled away because I couldn't get past the the timing, the time frame of this and the events that happen are engaging. They're beautiful, they're well crafted, they're twisty and turny, but it is filling in a gap of a story we already know. I tried to think of another way, so I'll do this real quickly, but another way is is that Cassie Nandor has the ultimate of ultimate plot armor. And plot armor has always been like a thing that you should try to avoid because the stakes should be real. It's a it's a stakes thing. So like anytime Andor was in in danger of being zapped in the prison, anytime Andor was in danger of falling off something in the heist and being left behind, that's just all out of the equation. And so the stakes get lower. And so my brain is just... Because you know this is not his moment to die. Exactly. He's not really going to die here. Specifically, I know the moment he dies. I I've know. seen but, it happen. Yeah, but what about the, there's all those strong characters they put with him? The strong characters are wonderful. The stakes are there for them because I don't know who makes yeah. it. And that's why I invest in those characters more. Like Kino, I love him because I feel for him. He's not getting out of prison. He's been doing his job perfectly. He's been doing everything right to get the right outcome. And then that's a man that's crushed because they're like, oh, yeah, that outcome doesn't exist. I never saw that coming. So so all the other people are the seven slices. Yes. Cassian's the eight slice that are taken off. His plot armor does. I mm. can't. I know it's my brain. And I know. So it's you were going to go with this before I called you out ahead of time. I, I, would, I did my best not to bring it up. I was going to demand that you be consistent because you know how this one ends. That's it. I was only going to bring it up in the rating. I did my best not to bring it up as a bullet point, and I'm feeling like we're dragging on it again now, but <laughs> <laughs> I will be consistent. Cassian Andor has the ultimate of plot armor, and that does bug me. It, I know it's my brain, oh, and I can't, I should not think about it, but I can't not Could think about it. Could you not watch, like, the Lincoln movie with, like, Daniel Day-Lewis? It, you still get like the, I know he's going to get shot in the back of the head. Oh, he's going to the theater. He's going to get shot. Yeah. But in the Lincoln movie, they never have a scene where they're like, is Lincoln going to make it out of this like flaming bucket of tar? But I, I don't really remember them ever really doing that in this show. I don't, well, like, I don't it, remember. It, it makes the whole last scene laughable to me because he's like, you can kill me or bring me along. It's like, well, duh, he's not going to kill him. Well, I know, but it's just but a they're cool, presenting it it's as a an cool option. line. I know. It is a cool line, and it's fun. It's a good beat, but like, to actually make me care about those stakes, those stakes don't uh, exist. You know, All these people hunting after Cassian, they're like, we're going to get him. We're going to kill him. It's like, okay, no. Like, I'm happy they to see. They didn't want to kill him. I mean, Deidre wanted to catch him to, to interrogate him. I know, but you know that none of them get him. Okay. Even in season two. I can tell you right now, guess what? Nobody catches him in season two. It's a little weird. That's all I'm saying. And we've harped on it enough. It's so jaded. I don't think... It's so I, cynical. I don't think... But you are not the cynical guy among us. It's weird. I should have that issue, but I don't. Maybe oh, it's because yeah. I like history stuff. I know what's going to happen. Know what happens, right. But I still watch the documentaries. It's the. It's just the. It's like was like like Mike is like ah Torah 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 that horrible movie we all know that Pearl Harbor blows up 
it's not so much the knowing what happens. It's just trying to make me think, trying to make me care despite what your your argument is the assumption that <laughs> death is the ultimate stakes. I tried my best. That there can't be other really important stakes that are worthy of your emotional investment. No, I'm arguing that they try and make you care about deaths as a stake when that really shouldn't be a factor at all. And it's hard to do that. It's hard to make not make death a factor. But like to be continued. Yeah. <laughs> it's 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 a cop out. Be like, oh no, worry about an Andor. It's like no. <laughs> oh my god. But uh, yeah. Uh real quick on the positive though. This is uh, this is Star Wars noir. This is gray characters. This is plots and intrigue and a long a slow burn. You have to pay attention to it. You have to give it energy. You can't just sit and be entertained with the Star Wars buttons. So that's why Andor does get a huge pizza from me because it was a great time at first. I feel bad for how hesitant I was to get into it because it is really worth watching. Okay, for me, this is the uh, pizza I didn't know I wanted. There you go. I like and that. It's like it's like uh, it's like hey, you know, do you, I don't know if I want a pizza right now, and then someone brings you out the best pizza you've ever had in a long time—a completely different pizza. Yes, that you've never really tasted yes. before. This is an eight slicer for me. Easy, yes. nice, loaded up with all my favorite toppings. This is one of the greatest Star Wars things I've seen in a Preach. long, long time. This reminded me of the extended universe books I used to read, but live action. It's so well done. I think those extended universe books were good because they were guys like Tony Gilchrist. They were made in a time where there was only three Star Wars movies. Sure, there's people who are fans of them, but I think most writers were just... Writers first, Star Wars uh, fans second. Right. So and they they gave these sci-fi writers who were writing other stuff, here, write some Star Wars stuff. And you get the Kevin J. Andersons and those guys who did such great EU stuff that I ate up. Um, and th- this is very similar to that to me. This li- literally, I literally felt like it was a Star Wars EU book come to life. It's wonderful. I, I, I hope this isn't getting buried. I want more stuff like this. As much as we say, Favreau and Filoni, you're doing a great job. Man, this is even better. They've, they've taken and done political drama and just put a Star Wars skin on it. For sure. And I think you, you really nailed it with that. That's a really good way to sum it up. It's it's great. I want them to do more stuff like that. It's This is almost the heyday of when we liked Marvel MCU stuff before. The, I think they're getting kind of a little bit, the wheels are getting a little wobbly on some of the stuff. But the heyday, mm-hmm. we used to always used to say, they'd be like, what is this character? This character is this, so make let's make that kind of movie. For sure. And then so it would be that kind of movie with a Marvel skin on it. And that's what led them to the success. So if Star Wars can continue to do that kind of thing, I think that's why Mandalorian works as well as it does because sure. it's basically like it's a Western with the Star Wars skin on it. Yep. You know, it's actually Lone Wolf and Cub with the Star Wars skin on it. <laughs> Lone Wolf and Cub, right? But still. Yeah, this was great. I loved it. I want more of this. I'm so glad there's a second season. I'm so glad we don't have Absolutely. to worry. Absolutely. I, I want us to bang the drum of this. I want us to get everyone out there to love it so that it doesn't get buried, so that when they do the second season, it's even bigger than the first season. Yes. And then they were like, oh, we need to do more stuff like this. So hopefully they can do that. Grounded stories that tell, that yes. focus on storytelling, yes. not on the setting. Yes. I love it. So you know what we think, but we want to know what our positrons think. That's you, the fan. 
let us know. You can hit us up on all our social medias at Assuming Pod. That's Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, though we're mostly on Instagram because that's more fun, has pictures and all that kind of stuff. Uh, you can <laughs> I also like pictures. <laughs> you can also Gmail us at assumingpositions at gmail.com. Every week I say, Hey, Mikey, how would you like the Gmail formatted? Uh, secret code. We have a rebellion that we're starting. You can let me know. Use all the code phrases that you know. You can give yourself a cool code name. Give me a cool code name. The Pink Flamingo squats at noon. I love it. Uh, but also give me a little bit more hint of your opinion so I can actually address it. Make sure to drink your Ovaltine. More Ovaltine! <laughs> this message <commercial>. stinks! <laughs> it should say more Ovaltine and less Palpatine. Uh, I'll be like, oh, I get it. Oh, gee. Oh, yeah. Secret code. That's email. an ender. We want to thank you guys so much for listening. We also want to thank that guy, Brad, for doing our announcings. Not Scott for being here and doing our production. Good to be with you. Jazzar for our music. Uh, we hope you guys have a great rest of your week. Go binge Andor again. Come on. You know you want to. Yeah. Start a rebellion. Pew, pew. Answer the hero's call. <laughs>